0: Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast in in this this reality. 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 The show designed to challenge everything we've been taught. If you've ever felt there had to be more to life, more to existence, then you're listening to the right podcast. Time to open your mind. And dive in. This is the Mental Mastery Alliance Podcast. And here we
1: go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mental Mastery Alliance Podcast. Today is Saturday, December 31st. Well, actually, it's not. Uh, That's just the day that this podcast is going to get uploaded. So if anything crazy happens between now and then, just know that we did pre-record this and there's some fine-tuning that had to be done. Here we are um, with our guest, and it's funny because I often do these long intros and I want to, you know, like I'm dragging out some sort of surprise. Meanwhile, the guest's name is right in the title. You know who's there before you even click on the the show. So I'm not going to do it this time. And also, he doesn't need an introduction because he's been here numerous times. He is hopefully, uh, as moving forward as we've done in the past, the last guest of every year. Uh, since we've been running since 2019, that's been the thing. Except for this year, he was the first guest of this year because last year didn't work out. So today we have with us the one and only Mr. Sam Crowley, who was the first guest of the year and now the last guest of the year. Welcome to the show, buddy.
2: I love it. The bookends, man. The bookends. Thanks for having me, Adam. This going to be a great show. I can tell already.
1: I think so. I think every time you and I get together, there's 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 more comfort. Um, you know, obviously between us, but also with regards to uh how the universe is playing out like there's so much that's that's tying everything in and uh, your world and my world which were at one point quite quite far apart are now uh, you know dangling bookends as it were
2: <laughs> yeah man
1: now it's uh it's been one hell of a year my i think one of my biggest questions for you and and uh, this should be a fun show because we are both hosts so we're both going to take you know <laughs> turns with the running of the show the how much do you think in the past year, after everything was all said and done and after everything that you've seen with regards to how society is operating, this is a, this is a two-part question. What do you think, my my biggest question is, what do you think your takeaway, your biggest takeaway from from this particular year, the, the, the 2022 year? And secondarily, do you find it affects your style of coaching or what you teach in any way, shape, or form? Or, or are you still doing... Um, the, the everyday Saturday, are you still doing that sort of by the book or has, has the world affected you and just a, a little bit of room on that would be great. Yeah. Well, I mean, the world
2: hasn't affected my, my, I I've been doing podcasts, so Tim, I've been doing my own podcast for 18 years now. So I launched my show in 2005 you know, before the iPhone before all that stuff. And I still do a show every day, you know, over 300 shows a year. I love it. And, you know, I teach people how to create their own million dollar message, you know, Mm -hmm. not just podcasting, but really how to create what's called a blue ocean message, you know, something so clear, so concise that it cuts through all the crap you see all day, every day in your social media feed, because I think that really, that's what people want, you know, and they want, they want authenticity. So that, that really hasn't changed from a societal perspective. I mean, I'm just always amazed at people. I think we've grown a lot weaker as a society. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's by design. I think, uh, at least here in the United States, and I was never even a conspiracy guy. Like I'm not that. I don't. I don't. You know, have the tinfoil hat on ever. I used to laugh at all those people that would do that. But it's so funny over the past couple of years since COVID hit, how a lot of these conspiracy theories have actually now just become true. It's like it's not even a conspiracy anymore. I know you and I joke around a lot about it because you're like, okay, you came over to the dark side. Now you're here. Good to have you. <laughs> you know, I didn't. I didn't go looking for that stuff. It's just, you know, when you have kids, you just see it through a totally different angle. I got four kids, you know, uh, one just went away to college or freshman year. I've got one graduated college. I've got one a senior year in high school and I have a second grader. And I see the machine working in their lives. Like I see the machine wanting to get them to think a certain way and be a certain way. And thank God I'm, and along with my wife, their mom, are here to deprogram them after a day at school or a day out with certain groups of individuals, and you know people are not as they want to be self-sufficient. They want to be entrepreneur. I think everybody's entrepreneurial mind to a certain extent. Even the biggest drip in HR, who sits in a cubicle taking orders all day long, has a yearning to do something that they really love to do to be free. Know? Yeah, but. Be free. Exactly. And, and, you know, um, but they'll argue to hell and back that they don't want that. Like, no, 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 I love my job. No, no, you don't. I mean, every Gallup poll you read here in the United States, 80% of the people hate their job. Right. So our country's always run at best at 20% of capacity, you know? And so, but what I've seen, you know, since COVID hit and all this other crap that goes around is that people now look to other people for leadership and what to do. And I was never built that way. Like, I, I know you're not built that way. I'm sure your audience is not built that way. And I've just seen it not in the people that I attract in my inner circle because there's a betting process to join our mastermind group and things like that. So they don't ever end up in my inner circle, but I'm watching the peripheral. I'm like, wow, you know, this is really sad. Like if there's ever been a great time to go for your dream, it would have been the past couple of years when people were forced to be at home and get a taste of that freedom and, do work from home and do Zoom calls and maybe do things a little different that they've ever done it. Uh, I would have thought that would have been kind of like the uh, the springboard to get people like, yeah. And for some it was. But sadly, for a lot of other people, they're just kind of looking around saying, hey, what are you doing? Is, is what I'm doing okay? is, is this look okay? Is, is, am I talking? Am I saying the right thing? <laughs> I've never subscribed to that. I've never I've never gone out of my way. Here's what's funny is I think I've offended more people in the last two years and, I, and ever in the history of my life, and I've never stopped just talking the same. I didn't go out looking to offend anybody, but everybody is just like not everybody. I keep saying everybody. Uh, there's so many more people now that are looking to be offended that you can't say the you know you can't say a certain term or a word or it's it just it's bizarre, dude. But it doesn't affect my business because I don't attract any of those people. And they're not even allowed near my inner circle. But I see it happening. I'm like, man. How sad is that to see a forty-five-year-old guy out there just being a lemming, calling somebody off the cliff? You know what I mean. Does that makes sense.
1: A hundred percent. And uh, to you know to to the audience listening right now, you'll hear Sam talk about his inner circle and you'll hear him talk about this stuff. Normally, I don't encourage that overly, you know, on the show. But uh, with Sam, if you've got the opportunity to work with him or get together with him uh, in any way, shape, or form, I one hundred percent endorse it. Uh, this is one of the guys, one of the very few men who has always put his money where his mouth is and has always operated with integrity. So if this seems like a long-running commercial for him, it may be, but it's worth yeah. it. It's, it's worth your while to check out what he's doing over at Every Day is Saturday. Uh, monumental stuff. So now that that's out of the way.
2: Hey, let me make a disclaimer too, though. Let me make a disclaimer. When I say the term inner circle, I'm not referring to business. I'm referring to your friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the inner circle that you, Adam, have. Like you probably only have a few people you trust in your inner circle in life, in friends and family or whatever that looks like. And it's when getting smaller every year. I'm yeah. not talking Exactly. I'm not talking about a mastermind group or anything business wise. I'm talking about the people that I
1: which by the way around are available over at the Everyday <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah. But you know, even even it's funny. I'm I i i have gone through this mass unfriending list on Facebook. I got my friend list down from five thousand to now to fifteen hundred, mm. and I'm going all the way to where I just want to have I just want quality conversation, man, a dialogue. I don't I don't want this you know surfacey bull crap. I just don't want that.
1: No, and 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 honestly, you this is one of those things too where it's, it's just good timing. But you inspired me to do the same. It's not that I was ever bothered by the, the, the Instagram or sorry, the the Facebook. There was a point in time where I had the 5,000 fans, but there was an app that existed a long time ago. And it was like, you pay $25 and it converted all of your followers or, or friends into followers. So I did this thing once and I pressed the button and it just, all of my, my friends became my followers, except for the ones that I deselected from the thing. And I was like, "Well, that's yeah. that's amazing." And then and then over time, they sort of all built back up again. And and, and much like you, I didn't have after I pressed that button. I didn't have the the twenty five, you know, uh, the five thousand fans. But I've 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 I looked at your thing, and I'm like, "It's true." Like I'll unload this stuff because over on Instagram, I only subscribe to around hundred and fifty. Well, one hundred forty six to be exact, because I like that number. And that allows me to, what people don't understand too, a lot about that is, is, is if you're going to be out there and if you're going to follow thousands of people, you're going to be exposed to their energy and you don't need that. So when you, when you dial that back, and again, because of you on Facebook, I pulled it down to under a thousand. I think I even commented on your thread today. I pulled it down to under a thousand and it changed the way Facebook operates for me. And I on Facebook, if you can believe this, have been shadow banned almost to the max for the past five years.
2: (laughs) I uh, believe it. I believe it.
1: <laughs> so it's been fun to see.
2: Yeah, and that that's a that's a good segue too. I, I had my Facebook business page hacked, stolen, kicked me out as admin, ran up five grand of charges on my credit card running Facebook ads. I woke up one day, I didn't have my fan page anymore. Not that it was a fan page wasn't a big deal like, oh, I have a fan page. It was a big deal because it's the only way you can run Facebook ads is if you have a business page. Mm-hmm. So I could have started a new one, but I said, you know what's good. If you want to take it away, take it away. Somebody in Vietnam owns it now. I, I don't. I have no control. I, can't, I actually mailed a letter to Meta, like like a letter in an envelope, huh. and I put my copy of my driver's license in there, copy of my business documents, my LLC that I formed back in 2006, and I said, "Hey, this is me." And my business page was, there. and you know that letter I sent back in October. Now we're talking the first of January, and I haven't ever heard back. Didn't expect to hear back, but we're just part of this huge machine that decides what you want to see, how you can, how you can say stuff, things like that. So screw it. I went over to YouTube, learned, uh, I dropped 50 grand on a course on how to learn YouTube ads. Not no one-on-one coaching, nothing like that. Just 50 Gs. Here you go. And it taught me how to run YouTube ads, the expert way. So started running YouTube ads, uh, shortly thereafter. We're talking probably towards the late summer of this year, a few months ago, up toward up near a hundred grand in sales. Now just learning a new, I would have never learned that had I not been, because I just would have stayed inside that comfort zone of Facebook ads, only doing what I know how to do. And I would have never learned a brand new habit and a new uh, skill set of running YouTube ads. And it, it's changed my business, man. I'm never going back to Facebook. Yeah. So I think there's a message there that when you get hit, you know punched in the mouth, um, it's going to hurt. But there's usually a message there like, hey, what's this trying to teach me? What's this telling me?
1: I think that I mean the, the, our greatest pain or our, our greatest lessons come from the pain a big a big pain, um you know there's that old saying the universe you know I had to make you uncomfortable or you wouldn't have moved the universe God Shiva whoever you want to say, um and and yeah so mm-hmm. what happened with that is what's going on with your Facebook anything going on at all like nothing they didn't get, they-
2: no I don't even have any control of it I don't even pay attention to Facebook I get on Facebook because I I run a uh, private Facebook group there. Mm. Other than that, um, skin scan, scroll over a cup of coffee, see what's going on. It's usually the same stuff. Get out of that real quick. I'm very rarely looking at Facebook. Yeah, like I'm. I'm not. I'm not the guy. I don't look at any ads. They all look the same. Every single one looks the same. Agreed. So I'm probably not the target demographic, even though I make 100 percent of my living online. I just I don't get face. And I'm not anti Facebook. I'm just anti average. Like everything. Just it just all. Awesome.
1: Yeah, I I've had a, a similar approach on that. I never personally, I never, I've never run Facebook ads. Um, I I do Instagram ads for sure, but I've never run an Instagram business ad. So my Instagram ads are, uh, and this is this is like a, a high ticket sales type of trick. Uh, I in high ticket sales there are some keywords that you say to people to get them to like you, trust you in the short amount of time that you've got their attention. To go from, hi, how are you, to that's going to be fifty grand," you know? Um, and mm-hmm. when, when you have the opportunity to extend that over months and years, the people that are talking to you are, are happy to talk to you. And if they do reach out to you, they, they often do it with respect. So the ads run on the Instagram account, the Mental Mastery Alliance Instagram account. They're basically just uh, a shortcut to, to... I'm basically just posting the memes and, and bumping the memes. So to the people that wouldn't normally see me, Uh, in geographic locations that I specifically target, you know, Los Angeles, New York, this, that, and the other thing. They're the ones that see me. And then they see the ad. They're like, I like this. They click on it. They go back. they, They see a few more ads. Oh, I like more of this stuff. I like the way this guy thinks. And then they click on sort of the backlinks. Oh, he's got a podcast. Oh, that's great. Here's the website. Oh, so he's offering this, that, and the other thing. And then when they reach out to you, they've basically already made up their mind. So it's a whole cycle done, but done through, them allowing or, or not allowing, but them deciding on their own that this is the thing. So they, first off, they have to want it. Um, they have to already be looking. And second off, they, it has to sort of be put in their place. And from my experience running it that way, um, again, I'm not, you know, uh, doing a hundred grand in ads and the way you do things like you and I have two very different uh, business um, uh, blueprints, but it, for me, it's great to be able to connect with people, to change certain things that they're doing. I mean, I don't know. I love the idea. I love it. I'm thinking about you talking about YouTube ads. Do you even have to have a YouTube like channel? In other words, do you have to be actively filming on and for YouTube to run ads to have them no, make sense? I mean,
2: you need a YouTube channel because that's where you're going to host the video that people see. You know, So my ads are the skippable ads. It's the ones that show up before you watch a video and you skip it. That's yeah or you know, five seconds, Yeah, you only get charged if somebody views your video for 30 seconds or longer. And the beauty of YouTube ads is YouTube is owned by Google, so you're piggybacking off the Google search engine um, because you can also, this is getting a little bit deep in the weeds, but I'll give you kind of one little tip here is that you can target people that are searching uh, for that term, the keyword, that phrase in Google who also happen to use YouTube. You can also target your competitors' websites by typing their domain name, in. so <laughs> when anybody searches them on Google, your ads pop up if they go on YouTube to watch a video.
1: <laughs> cool.
2: Yeah, it's really cool, Dad. So, I, you know, you got the one-two punch with Google and YouTube, and, you know, uh, I'm sure I'm missing out on some, I don't look around and say, how much money could I make on Facebook? I don't even care, like, I literally cut the cord. And that's what I do, you know, my wife is joking around. She goes, man, somebody crosses you once and they're just out of your life forever. How, how, that's, that's pretty weird. I'm like, hey, you know, we we're just laughing the other day because we were having a conversation about somebody that used to be a buddy of mine. And he's not anymore because, you know, things happen and, you know, personal relationships and things like that. I'm just uh, I put a lot of value on loyalty. And if that ever gets crossed, you're out. And um yeah, it's not like I'm saying, Hey, you gotta get in line to be my friend. It's not that at all. <laughs> but I think, you know, if people really wanna have quality relationships, I don't have but just a few friends that I would call up and, you know, have a really deep conversation with and share a lot of my personal struggles or stuff that I would never want anyone else to know about. Mm-hmm. Why the hell do I need five thousand friends on Facebook? You know? Yeah. It's it's, just, unless you're on an ego trip and you're like, Hey, look at all the friends I got. Yeah, I've just never wanted to you know, be that guy. I just don't, I have no interest in that.
1: That's how it was built, too, way back in the day, you know, and, and it's a connection to this and to that, and, and 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 it all just fizzled out, but I think, just like everything else, the whole thing fizzles out, you know, everything fizzles out, everything's played out, everything under the sun is played out right now. So,
2: yeah, I mean, Facebook was a great idea, because we got to connect with people from high school, oh my god, I haven't seen you, oh, what do you, I haven't seen me since you did the triple Wendy off the high dive with a Miller in your hand, you that's know? right, but or you speak at an event and then a hundred people send you a friend request. You're like, oh, okay, well, you know, these people want to come on board. At least they'll get plugged in and, you know, maybe sell them something, uh, build a relationship. But that was 15 years ago, Yeah. you know? And when you go through your friends list, you can sort oldest to newest. I was doing it this morning over a cup of coffee because I usually just send friends like, you know, 100 people, 200 people over a cup of coffee. And it doesn't take long to get down to, you know, three, 4,000 when you're doing that. And, uh, you know, you start going oldest to newest friends and now people some have passed away some deactivated their accounts, somebody don't have an avatar
3: mm-hmm.
2: um you know and you just start looking like how the hell did i become friends with this this is crazy i don't even know who they are
3: yeah
1: so i don't know it's been pretty wild. well so what do you think is next what do you think you know what do you think is next and i'm not saying for business but i'm saying for you like what you know the way everything's going we're watching the collapse of currency as it were and so you know, mm-hmm. where do you see yourself? Uh, where do you see yourself in five years?
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. I know, um, you know, again, we're not doing promos or anything like this, but you asked the question. I'm, I'm a big fan of mastermind groups now. I've never run one, certainly right. not as a business model, but I don't think I'll never not have one now. I've done one-on-one coaching for so long. I really enjoy it, but it's time. You know, you're, you, you are giving away the one thing you're not getting back, and that's your time one-on-one with somebody. So in a group setting, a mastermind group allows other people to come, with they all get vetted, it's amazing energy, and when you show up on Zoom calls and in the group, really as a facilitator, you know, your job is to help the senior members of the group answer questions from the junior members of the group, facilitate great discussion, give some ideas, and it's really awesome. Like, you know, really, really awesome. I bought Sam Oven's mastermind course over at Christmas because it's 10 grand, but he had a Black Friday sale for a thousand bucks. Wow. And, you know, Sam Ovens, um, some of the listeners may know, I mean, he's an eight-figure, maybe nine-figure internet market. I don't know. The guy's made more money than, you know, lost more money than most people ever figure out how to make online. Mm-hmm. He says, hey, i got a mastermind group, but I don't want you to join it. I love that, by the way. I lo- That immediately hooked me. I love that takeaway <laughs> close. <clip. laughs> because you're a salesman, I'm a salesman. And we, we all love that psychological angle to sales. And oh, yeah. he goes, hey, if you're needy, whiny, if you're going to show up in the group and ask questions, don't. Don't join because I don't want anybody in the group just coming to, you know, siphon the energy out and ask a bunch of stupid questions. And this was his email. This was a sales copy. I was like, dude, I'm in. You tell me I'm going to be in a group like that? That's like the mothership calling me home. You
3: know, no, no,
2: no, no stupid questions, no whiny people, nothing like that. So, but he teaches you how to run a mastermind group. And so I've invested more this year in coaching than I ever have in my life. I'm pretty close to six figures in money that I've invested in coaching this year. And it wasn't because I set out in January to spend a ton of money, but I just kept looking at these people that were doing better than me in Facebook groups and YouTube ads and mastermind groups. I'm like, Hey, and then they're like, Hey, and it's always, you know, book a call. So you book a call, you hear the pitch and it's 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand, whatever it is. And in the past, I would have just been like, Oh, here it comes. But this time I went eyes wide open, no attachment to the outcome and thought, you know what? if i'm ever going to grow in this area i'm going to pay somebody to teach me how to do it so this year i just opened up the checkbook and just let's fly and the roi's been amazing and i never really did that in the past
1: yeah well i mean also to your, you know to your credit you never had to because you had you had maximized your time you would you would you you know you were dragging or not dragging but you were bringing people in you were constantly working with people you were very busy your 24 hours was maximized And now you're, you know, now you're compartmentalizing and now you're, you know, now you're streamlining and now you're, you're doing more with less, you know, more, more output or sorry, less output, more in, more intake. So it's, it's not like it. and when you say that, you know, uh, you'd never done it before, you never needed to. And, and like I say, now it's, it seems to me like you're just ready to, to shift gears. And that's really cool because when you shift gears, anyone that's working with you gets brought up with you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. It's just fun. I like that fun. I, I think everybody likes that fun. I think, I think so. some people think you can't have fun and you can't have a business or, you know, I'm a solopreneur. I don't have any employees. You know, I, I don't, I don't have anybody on my team. You know, now we all have the independent contractors that help out here and there with funnels and software, whatever that looks like. But, you know, you can run lean and mean. And I, I think I posted this in my group the other day that, you know, I've heard, hey, Sam, you need to 10X. You should, I don't want to 10X. I have no, no interest in 10 xing No. When you 10X, you get bigger problems, uh, a lot of stress, and I like my little life here on my one-acre property in Cincinnati, Ohio, with my two border collies and my four kids and my 200-year-old farmhouse. I like this. Like, I want to build Yellowstone in my backyard. That's what I want to do. I don't want to 10X. I don't want a jet. I may never speak on another stage again because I don't want to do a TSA, hotel stay, you know, rubber chicken dinner type stuff. I just don't have any interest in
1: that. Uh, sort of on that topic and that, that you brought it up. I remember talking to you not too long ago and you, you, they, they, uh, you, you booked an event. They flew you down to, I think it was, I want to say either Florida or Texas and you showed up with no clothes. I, I don't know how that played out. I yep. don't know how it ended. What was, how did that story finalize itself? Yep. What'd you end up doing?
2: That was, God, that was like five years ago. Uh, I was booked to speak in Orlando and I got to Orlando. What it was, I didn't have a shirt. So I had a pair of jeans. I just forgot to pack, I guess. I don't know what, oh, I know what it was. They called me like the day before. I'm like, oh my God, we need you to come down here. So-and-so canceled. Uh, we weren't supposed to have you speak till next month in our next event in LA or something. Can you get to it? like, yeah, I can get on a flight. No problem at all. And the, and the way these events work, promoter puts the bus in seats. You go down and sell your product. They keep 60, you keep 40. Uh-huh. So it's a 60-40 split with the, with the promoter. So if you sell 50 grand, you walk away with 20 grand and the opportunity to upsell people that bought your product. So is it worth an $800 plane ticket to potentially earn 20, 50 grand? Well, sure it is, you know, and for a one-night stay in Orlando. problem was I was so rushed, I forgot a shirt. So the event was in the Florida Mall and Convention Center. So there's a mall in the building. So I went into Dillard's on the clearance rack, bought a lime green t-shirt for five bucks, whatever it was. I had a pair of jeans that I wore down on the flight, went on on the stage and absolutely crushed it. And the old me, when I first started speaking, I would have had a sport coat on with a collared shirt on it. I did better on that stage than I have at most any other time. It had nothing to do with how I looked, just had to do with the message. You yeah. I think I had one lady comment on it. She's like, God, all the other speakers here, they're all wearing a suit. You come out of here. I was. With that green shirt, and I was like, yeah, this guy's like a guy I would see in the grocery store." I'm like, "Yeah, that's exactly what I want to be—that everyday Saturday guy." So mission accomplished.
1: Yeah, that was, that was a neat story. That played out really well. I, yeah. I don't think i i for some reason i'm not remembering it being five years ago like i'm thinking that this was like something that just happened like they lost your bag or something like that i, I don't know why i'm i'm picturing that in oh
3: head. in
2: dallas yes oh my god you're talking about just two months ago That's, yeah. yeah
1: i'm not talking five yeah. years ago five years ago is a good story yeah. i've heard it but uh, yeah I'm definitely talking five about two years ago ago. Is a good story yeah
2: well this one isn't as good because my luggage actually arrived at my hotel a couple hours before i was supposed to speak so i flew to dallas last month uh november had a lady listening to the podcast said, Hey, well, I listen to your show. I, and I put my phone number on my podcast. Hey, send me a text. If you want to work together. I, I don't, I don't even send them through a funnel much anymore. And it's like, hey, Shoot me a text message. I want to make it so so easy for people that have a dream. They want to get that message out. The text. So she sent me a text and, Hey, would you come to Dallas and speak? I'm like, yep. So we worked out the agreement, flew down there, but my luggage didn't make it. And right before I was, I was going to go to Walmart, And just grab same thing, t-shirt off the rack. But this was like a upfitter. Like I was speaking in, oh god, what's the name of the town? I forget. It's a very affluent. It's the probably the most affluent community suburb of Dallas. And the school is where I was speaking to all the teachers there. And I'm like, oh boy, I'm gonna roll in with a with a Walmart outfit. But hey, that's the way it's got to go. Didn't have shoes. I would have wore my scuffed up sneakers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and wouldn't you know, American uh shoots me in text Texas, so your luggage will be at your hotel in a little bit, which was like 3 o'clock. I was supposed to catch an Uber at 4.30. So it arrived just before. So that's the speaker's life, man. Those stories, they happen all the time when you're a speaker. It's just something, whether your PowerPoint doesn't work, computer doesn't crashes or something, your clothes don't make it. It's a pretty glorious life until you actually got to, you know. And I'm not complaining at all. So I love it. like Because I don't care. You know, it, to me, it's just, it's going one way or another, man, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. I like that. It would have been funny. Though. None of your stuff shows up like, who hired the homeless guy to come? Oh, look at them sneakers, there's scuffs on them. I know.
2: <laughs> I, I, I was actually, I posted on my Facebook page. That's funny you saw that because I was excited to see what outfit I could put together from the clearance rack at Walmart. Like that was going to be, that was going to be fun, uh, but it didn't happen. So maybe next time
1: what I like about that story too, is that, you know, there are so many people out there listening to the show specifically right now that want to be a coach that want to be a podcaster that want to be a speaker, but always say, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, you know, it's not for me. Um, well, the funniest thing is like, you know, the, the lineage of episodes that I've just dropped have all been, you know, free thought and, and, and certainly, you know, have you looked at this and have you taken a look at that? The basically showing you that the world around us is certainly not what it seems to be or not what it's been delivered as. And that, to me that still applies to this job and this work and and who you are everybody that could everybody that's sitting in the audience at one of these shows could look up and go I don't know how he does it or I don't know who he is but I respect him for being on that stage and there's you the guy on stage who can say to himself you know 10 years ago I was sitting in the audience thinking how do I get up there and now here I am yeah i i love yeah. i love the mentality of overcoming everything every self-limiting speech or you know ideology that that we hold on to because we always say you know it'll never happen to me it can't be me it can't be this it can't be that i mean you do you do one episode a day which is kind of insane um in my in my estimation est- but this month this episode here is gonna be the 10th episode that i've done this month normally i do yeah. one a week sometimes two a week but december there was just so much to talk about in december and then that sort of allows me to sort of put myself in your shoes and go, well, you've got something to say every day. You got something to, need to, to to drop every day. And that's that's really cool.
2: Yeah, I think everybody has something to say every day, though. You know, I mean, people are like, well, how do you come up with content to talk about everything? It's, how could you not? I mean, there's just so much, so many messages coming at us every day. You just got to be present for a small, short period of time to take it in. I listen to a lot of sermons. I listen to a lot of audio books. Uh, I don't read. I'm just an audio guy. Mm-hmm. So something hits me every single day. I'm like, oh man, that's a great podcast topic. I can talk for 10 minutes on that. And that, everybody could do it. Anybody could do it.
1: Yeah. A lot of people from what I've been hearing too, are afraid to repeat themselves. They're like, well, I've only got so much to talk about. And then I'm dried up. <laughs> I'm like, well, you can make an entire career out of one topic. So there's, there's plenty to go on.
2: Tons. I mean, I think if if they employ if 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 they use that method I just talked about, use the note section of your iPhone or your Samsung, whatever it is, and just started uh not even journaling that's too fancy of a word just started uh you know jotting down what happened, whether it happened in your family with your kids or your work or your drive to- uh your drive to work or school or golf, whatever it looks like, there's always a message coming at you um. And when you start speaking or podcasting or something like that, when you want to share content, that's when you really start noticing. If you're just kind of going through the motions, like most people, then they're like, "Oh, geez, that's neat. That semi almost killed me on the road today. was not that something?" Huh. Anyway, got to get to work. Then it's different. You know? <laughs>
1: yeah, I, yeah. I, I've I, when I talk to some of my clients and when I work with some of these guys, I say that the podcasting aspect of what you do or, or what is done, uh, and people are like, "Well, you know, I don't necessarily need a podcast or want a podcast." I'm like, "Well, it's it's one of those things where." You can only take in so much information until you start pouring it out. Then you've created more room in your glass. And when you pour out into a podcast, not only do you take it in, you then you then churn it around inside your system and, and empty it back out. So it still exists and it still passed through your ethos, but it's allowed you to expand upon any ideology or any limit, any thought process that you've been working through. And that to me is one of those, it's to me the podcast uh, and, and how far I've come with with where I am this is episode 239, which is pretty cool um, for yeah. me. And and this is, we started June uh, June 6th, 2019 is when this podcast first went live. So that's kind of cool, you know, and then 10 years from now, who knows where it's going to be. Um, But this, what it really stems from is my ability to communicate thoughts that are going through my head at the time that, are, that they're going through my head. And I put them out there and I operate with integrity and I say the things I need to say and I get, ga- you know, you gain the audience and people are like, how do you, you know, how do you do it? How do you say these things? How do you constantly have something to say? I think it does help to be a natural storyteller. Uh, You know, you and myself, we can go on for 20 minutes, half an hour, 40 minutes without anybody else just prattling on. Um, And so that, that definitely does have a benefit, but that doesn't take too long to get good at. Um, And the the therapy that goes along with, with speaking your mind to the public, because I mean, the actual act of what you're doing is you're just recording a voice note for you into your cell phone, because I still think that you do a lot of your recordings on your cell phone.
2: Yeah. Every day. Yeah.
1: As opposed to people that are like, I don't know what gear I've got. I don't know how to get, you know, I, I wouldn't have the right stuff. I mean, shit, a cell phone in a Kroger parking lot.
2: <laughs> so yeah, that's right. And I do a caveman style to prove that point. You don't need a fancy studio equipment, microphone, and like that. I do it on a cell phone in my car and from Dunkin' Donuts, Kroger, you know, wherever I'm pulled over, and it sounds good enough, you know, 20 million downloads. I'm not I'm not questioning the answers, you know. So just keep going. I'm, I'm, my motto is do simple better. So keep it simple, do it better than anybody else out there. There's just there's no reason to, to, you know, go and build something big before you even know what the heck it is you want to even do. Just grab a cell phone and start talking into it. Make that your podcast if you want to go that
1: route. 100%. Hundred percent. That's one of, you know. That's one of the things that um, I adore. I adore the idea of just getting up and doing it because I remember being paralyzed with fear. I remember being thinking I can't do it and all that sort of stuff. But with regards to virtually anything, uh, it's funny too because yeah. when I was at my most successful when it came to uh, roaming sales and, and and working for multiple companies and training sales rooms, uh, I I was you know when I was supposed to be at my most confident, I was at basically my mental worst and physical worst too. Cause I wasn't at the gym. I was eating shitty. I was consuming things I shouldn't be consuming. And you know, this whole, this whole third dimensional realm that, that tricks you into thinking that you can't do it. Uh, it doesn't exist. It, it, it's, it's all inside your mind. It's a trap. It's a trick. Um, and there's a lot of freedom that you garnish from speaking your mind, from speaking your peace. Again, I say this a hundred percent to anyone that's going to start, you must operate from integrity, from a place of integrity. And from there, everything falls into place. So how is, uh, how yeah. is your, your gym sessioning going? Yeah, I know for a long time you were super healthy, super green, super, all that stuff. Are you, are, are yeah. you still as high as you can possibly be in the gym culture or are you, have you toned it back or how are you, how are you managing all that at your, at your advanced Absolutely. age, sir? <laughs>
2: Oh my! I know I'll be 55 next June. Um, I feel like I'm 25, really. I mean, it feels great. I, I you know, Jeff, so I got hit with the flu uh, over Thanksgiving, knocked me out for two weeks. Now, I've had COVID probably twice. Felt like a mild cough. I had the flu, and man, did that knock me out! So, take that for what it's worth. I have no idea. I'm just telling you what happened to me. So, when I got back up from having the flu, I got back into the gym. I, I go to the gym four days a week, sometimes five. Uh, I only do strength training. I'm not a cardio guy. I used to be a big cardio guy, um, but I, I'm a much bigger fan of walking now for my days off. I think walking is very underrated, and I think it's a really great way to get out. Get Everybody needs to get out. You know, Not enough people get out in the sunshine, go for a walk, experience nature. Even if nature is walking down your cul-de-sac, it doesn't matter. So I love it. I love everything about it. Listening to a great audiobook, a podcast, something to keep me going. So I try to get my ten thousand steps in or more um, when I'm not at the gym. But strength training, I follow a lot of these strength guys on Twitter and other forums, social media, Instagram, and um, I've bought into it a hundred percent that it's way better than you know doing cardio or. I mean, don't even get me started on vegan or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I, eat. I wake up in the morning, I have black coffee. So, you know, I am a fan. I'm not an intermittent fasting guy to a certain extent, but I don't have my first meal till so I get back from the gym and I have a pound of beef every morning and I get my protein in and I have green beans with it. That's my morning breakfast pretty much. Keep it simple. It's, you know, It's hard to really screw it up when you eat a pound of beef every morning. And then the rest of the day, you know, you're I'm full until early afternoon, have something for lunch, something simple there. My wife is an amazing cook and we have a great dinner and I don't count calories. I don't really, you know, I do to a certain extent. I can pretty much give my food an eye test and see how many macros I have. And, uh, but it's not like I don't dive into the chips and salsa, you know, I just don't have sugar. I don't need a lot of floury stuff and I don't, not really a pasta guy. So I keep away from you know, especially sugar. Like I put sugar in absolutely nothing unless I'm having fruit. You know, that's the natural sugar part. But I look at people my age, 54 years old, and they look like my father. Yeah. You know, a lot of, you know, some of these guys. And I'll see people that are 44 and they look like my father. Me, I'm pretty, you know, again, I don't want anybody thinking, well, who's this idiot they're bragging about? But I look healthy. Like I look a lot younger than I am and I drink a gallon of water every single day as well. And I just think those things everybody everybody can exercise thirty minutes a day. If you don't, you just you're just lying. It's just not a priority. Instead of saying I don't have time to get to the gym, just say my priority my health isn't a priority to me because yeah. at least you're being honest to yourself. You know, so that's what I do. Keep it simple: water, protein, eat clean, clean s. I'm a big 80-20 guy. So if eighty percent of my diet's good, I'm good. I'm, I'm definitely going to have the cheesecake. Thanksgiving, I was diving in more than anybody was into the food because I know I'll work it off the next day and I know it's not one day. You can't, you know, get in shape in one day and you can't get out of shape in one day. I probably had 8,000 calories Thanksgiving and enjoyed every
1: one of them. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Uh, it's funny, you yeah. know, all the all the rituals that you're talking about and the things that you do. Um, I was never that healthy and, you know, one by one, inch by inch, piece by piece, when you learn what works for you, you pick things up and you drop things off. Uh, but a lot of us end up in the same spot. I mean, it sounds like you and I. Sounds like you and I have the exact same um, regimen. I just got back from the gym right before I met up with you. Uh, I had one of those uh, mechanically tenderized steaks, a mint steak, whatever you want to call it. Uh, one mint steak, three eggs, uh, and a piece of toast. You know, back in the day, that used to be, that used to be, you know, sausage, eggs, bacon, home fries. You know, three pieces of toast. Yeah. All this stuff, and you're like, why am I unhealthy? You know. And and people, you know, one of the craziest things, too, is you want to be creative. You want your mind to fire off. Um, you can't do it with carbs. And this isn't to say, because a lot of people want to defend carbs. And I get that, right? But carbs today aren't what they were 20 years ago. They're mechanically engineered, like certain breads. I mean, I remember making fun of people that had gluten allergies way back when gluten was brand new. I'm like, why are you making this shit up? Accusing the victim of gluten intolerance, Right. And then later in life, realizing that they added extra stuff, they changed. Gluten intolerance showed up around the year 2000. And that is when they started changing what went into the food. So instead of being like, this person is, they're having a problem with it. It's the food itself that changed. And then as you get older, I mean, for me, you know, I'm 42 myself now. As I get older, I need to get healthier and healthier and need to understand more and more. And if I eat that stuff now, it's not even like... You know, I really enjoy bread. I really, really love it, but it can only be one or two pieces. And even at that, that's a risk. And what happens is I, I, it puts me to sleep basically. So, you know, these are the funny things. So now it's all, you know, definitely high proteins, definitely all that good stuff. Um, and moderation again, not counting calories, not doing any of this stuff, just being hyper aware I mean the the greatest thing I ever did was the crash course which was uh, 30 days zero carbs or as close as you could come to zero cuz carbs are literally in everything. But when you do yeah. that, you pay attention to uh you pay attention to the carbs that are in everything and you become aware of them and it 30 days changes uh, your pattern, changes a habit, changes the way you operate. So one of the funny things too is you know you hear people talking about, you know, it's not a priority to be truthful with yourself, you would say. I have some friends that will Uber food to their house almost every day and then tell me that they can't afford a gym membership. It's like, it's so it's so weird to me to, to, to see this and to sort of watch that. You know, honestly, I shouldn't say friends because much like you, I've unloaded so many things that are uh, non-beneficial, distractionary, this, that, and the other thing. And again, it sounds harsh, it sounds cruel, but it's not because all you've ever had is you. You've had your perception of you throughout the entirety of your life. It's always been you. We've been brainwashed into thinking that We need to do an act for other people, but yes, you do, but you got to do that second. You always have to come first. And if that means unloading some friends, well, hell, you know, I don't have very many friends myself, so maybe that's just the way it went. Friends are gone. Carbs are gone. Bad energy's gone. Alcohol's gone. All sugars are gone um, because there's literally sugar in everything. So there's no need to add it to anything or reach for extended versions of it. Granted, the occasional piece of chocolate hither and yon is quite delicious, but when you do that too, you appreciate the shit so much more as opposed to like sitting there and like eating an entire giant bag of M&M peanuts, which I was guilty of. Now, if you have four or five of them, they're like, wow, these are really fucking delicious.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think it's great. I think everything you just described is great because when I imbibe in the occasional piece of chocolate or, yeah, you know, I'm not a candy guy. I've just never been a candy guy. But, you know, if my eight year old said, hey, daddy, you want a Hershey kiss? I'm like, whoa, you know, that's stupid. You know? <laughs> no. No. Um, So no, less is more. And I I think it has to do with age though. With age comes wisdom. You know, I think the last time I had a conversation, I told you I was in a small group with a bunch of 70 and 80 year old people. And you know, that's where you get your wisdom from. They've lived life. They never talk about money. Um, I'm sure they would like some for them. It's the quality of their relationships, um, that they can still wake up in the morning and even live, you know? Um, And a lot of wisdom comes from that. So I really don't sweat the small stuff as much as I used to because I hang around people who have that wisdom that they can impart on me. They're like, dude, they call me kid. I mean, I'm 54. And like, come on, kid, that ain't nothing to worry about. Everything will work out fine. like, okay, all right, great. Hey, you're 88. You must know something.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's funny, too. Like, we we always, we, we are our own worst enemy, you know? Uh, I I I haven't figured it out. I'm 40. I haven't figured it out. You know, I'm so old. I'm I'm here, and then like you look at yourself and you're like, the Your 50 year old version of you is gonna laugh at what you're crying about right now. Just like the 40 year old version yeah. of you, the you today is laughing about the shit that 30 year old you did. You know, I don't know. I like that. I like. Yeah. Are you still well, could, are you still with those guys? Yeah, sure. Am. We had to take a little bit of a
2: break because our uh, our eight year old started school. She had we had homeschooled her. And she had virtual school through COVID and all that. So this is her first year and kind of organized school, which is really funny, by the way, I mean, you know, we were able to knock out a uh, total class curriculum in two hours a day, you know, with her. Now she's gone eight hours a day, comes home, you know, bath, homework, has to eat. And all so our small group meets soup and I at 30, I had to hit the pause button on it for a little bit, but we'll be back in it. It's not like we left it, but when our daughter went back into school, it's like, Whoa, Holy cow. These weeknights are a little bit crazier than they were when we were doing the virtual school or homeschool. Mm-hmm. So, That's funny too, you know, how much, how much, uh, that'd be a whole other podcast. i take the time now to do it, but just, you know, the educational system and how much time is spent there versus how much is actually being taught, learned, absorbed, you know, things like that.
1: Well, you don't want to get me started on the educational system. I'm 100% aware that it's just indoctrination. They don't teach you anything except for how to memorize. And on top of that, they, they divide the family unit. So dad goes to work, mom goes to work, kids go to school to get indoctrinated and the kids... The parents are at work because they've already been indoctrinated and nobody's really working at all, period, on their own goals or finding out who they are because they're all chasing the distraction, which is finance, not allowing them to understand truly what they're all about. And of course, you're gonna have some people saying, Well, without money, you can't do any of this sort of shit. But you know, yeah. we get stuck here, we get stuck on this in this reality and and we're all depressed and filled with anxiety and doped up and drugged up and medicated. Uh, and filled with bullshit and, and, and we wonder why it is what it is. Meanwhile, all of that's actually intentional and there's proof of that all over the place that all of your anxiety, all of your depression, all of it is intentional. It was built into you. It was, it's, it's this creation that once you can shake yourself of it, everything else becomes so much more easy and free and clear. And like you said, you know, you deprogram your kids at the end of every school, you know, day.
2: Have to, have to, yep. Have to. I got, I got to have a daughter went through college. Um, she's fine. You know, she, she didn't get indoctrinated. I have a daughter in her freshman year, went to orientation, which is just crazy when you sit through a college orientation for two days. It'll literally, you know, you almost got to take a Xanax before you sit down on one of those things for two days because it'll drive you crazy. <laughs> and then, you know, she's fine. She gets it. So I told him, you know, everybody thinks I'm anti college. I am. I think college is an absolute scam. Uh, for the amount of money they charge versus the ROI, it's, it's stupid. Anybody, I could, I could, I'll debate anybody on that. Now, if you're, you know, if you're going into the categories like medical, law, engineering, accounting, yeah, you need a four-year degree. I get it. Um, but some of these degrees kids are majoring in, you could seriously just watch a YouTube video, save yourself a hundred grand, and be so far ahead of the game. So I tell my kids, I'll be riding shotgun with you because Daddy's checkbooks out on this thing. I have a vested interest in your ROI. So you will not be majoring in these stupid things that your friends are majoring in because they're going to end up working. They're going to end up working at Walgreens as a cashier and with a nice four-year degree, and that ain't going to be you. So I'll be right there with you, making sure that you know we pick the major together. So you when you get it's just a game. I mean you go to you go to college, you get a piece of paper. It's a game. It's a piece of paper as fast as you can. My daughter went to the University of Cincinnati, got the paper in three years. She was out, no debt, great. Has a job. She's good to go. Next daughter's going to Miami University. She's been there now. This is her first year. The goal is to get the piece of paper and make sure it has some value to it. And so you're going to have a job the second, not even when you leave, before you leave, you'll have your job lined up. So you can start giving back to society and being a valued member of society and not being somebody who's taking, 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 talking about how everything is working against you. You know, they're just, I'm not a hard ass, you know, I'm a disciplinarian. But the, my kids will never argue for their limitations. I'll never, that will never happen at my house, you know?
1: Without that piece of paper or that degree, I mean, you are the one that puts your limitations on you. If you say you can't do it because they're stopping you, that's you stopping you using them as an excuse,
2: whatever it is. Yeah. And even and even the degree isn't needed. I mean, any any corporation, I don't care if it's Procter & Gamble, you know, GE, doesn't matter. But again, unless you're, you're going in for engineering or something like that, it's different. But... All of them have their own training programs. You could go into any one of these Fortune 500 organizations with with a GED and become one of the best employees in the history of the company because they're just going to train you according to their manuals and procedures anyway. I mean, you're telling me somebody can't go into marketing at Procter & Gamble with a high school degree, start at the bottom rung of the ladder, and they could end up running the show in 10 years? Of course they can, you know, because you're learning the Procter & Gamble way to do it. You know, it doesn't matter where you went to school. Everybody starts the same. Go to Harvard. Go to community college, you end up at a Fortune 500 company. You all start at the bottom row, and you work your way up, and it's up to you how you present yourself. That's why I'm a big fan of communication. Uh, my daughters know how to interview well. They know how to shake a hand, look somebody in the eye, have a conversation, not be intimidated by it. And um, that's the way I've always taught them, man. communication's currency. So how do you present yourself is going to be how you market yourself. You're a big billboard walking in front of these people. Um, you know, don't have your shoulders slumped down. They, they go to the gym. It's not like that's part of the curriculum, but they, they do, they, they exercise, they stay in shape. They want to, they want to look the part because it's just a game. You know, it's how you go into the interview. It's, 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 I never, I probably hired 500 people in my corporate life, I never once looked at a resume. They give it to me, I throw it in the garbage mm-hmm. because I was hiring salespeople and I want to know, you know, who are you? I don't give a crap what this piece of paper says.
1: Yeah. What the, what the piece of paper represents now, I think to the majority of the bigger companies is. That you were able to go somewhere consecutively for four years and churn out a good enough result as to what whoever it was, was asking of you. So it's like a pre-job job Well, you were good enough to get a B there, which means you're punctual and you have the ability to retain knowledge. And so that's what they see in that with regards to Harvard, having a Harvard degree versus a college degree, having a Harvard degree would be more about who, you know. And 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 the connections that you can tie into there, so you wouldn't go to GE, you'd go to BlackRock because because that's who you know because that's how cool mm-hmm. you are.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think college, I uh, told my daughters this as well. the The biggest benefit, and this this really is a big benefit, is the networking yeah. with the alumni, with the companies that come on campus that are specifically looking for you. I think that's a, uh, I think that's a great attribute colleges have. I, don't, I wish they weren't so damn woke. I, I just wish they didn't go off the deep end with a lot of the things they do. But that networking part, you know, companies like Fidelity or Procter & Gamble or GE and companies like that that are around here in the Cincinnati area, they go on campus looking for uh, their next hires. I think that's a great perk to have. So that's why I tell my daughters, take advantage of that. But you got to learn how to have a conversation with one of these people. Because you can't show up talking like you do on TikTok or Instagram. You know, that ain't going to cut it.
1: They'll also go looking for your TikTok and Instagram.
2: They will. Yeah, that's right. Be smart about that as well. Don't make stupid mistakes. Like, <laughs> if that stuff would have been around when we were in high school, forget about it. I wouldn't have been hired. I wouldn't have been hired anyway.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. I never did get hired Any Actually, I had tons of jobs, but none of them were, were anything other than just me learning. I went to multiple job interviews because I wanted to know what they were doing. I, I didn't want the job. I got all the jobs because I never had any fear. I never wanted the jobs. So it was kind of a neat, uh, neat experience for me. I don't know. I guess I always did everything sort of ass backwards. Um, I, yeah. but I know that you, you're on a time limit. I don't know how much time we've got left with you, but, um, I, uh, I've really enjoyed this connection, this call. I always enjoy these, you know, you and I don't actually connect that much throughout the year, hither and yonder. We get a little, little, little blurbs in some chatting back and forth. But um, no, I always enjoy these times uh, and these calls with you. Yeah,
2: me too, man. I love it. I love getting together at the end. I think it's a good time to get together at the end of the year on this podcast, just to kind because something you know. I don't think as many times as we've done this interview uh, for the past few years, no two have been the same. No, and that's probably a testament to how crazy the world gets every year. That you're asking in the first five minutes of the podcast. Yeah, there's always there's always a smorgasbord of topics to review and laugh about cry about and uh but I'm always optimistic man I am always I mean I think I say this at the end of every year but I think next year is going to be absolutely amazing for people who want to show up authentically share their you know their unique million dollar message with the world and don't be don't be afraid I mean look, a lot of people be afraid to cancel that you can't be canceled I mean you cannot be canceled uh if you're at a job yeah you can be but that's that's a problem, right? You're at a job. You can only do and say what your boss wants you to do or say. But I have a podcast. My podcast can't be, you know, I mean, no one's going to cancel me. They can leave a bad review or a rating. It doesn't matter, you know? Uh, when you step out authentically and you step out in faith, uh, like the book of James talked about, you know, you got to have faith but you got to have deeds that match that faith. A lot of people say, oh, I've got faith. Well, a faith that's never been tested can't be trusted. Right. So unless you've activated that with some sort of deed driven with that, then you're just not going to step into that person that, god has called you to be and i think that's sad but i think it's really empowering for the people that want to do that in 2023 because the i'm telling you man the landscape is wide open for those people to show up
1: a hundred percent and and you know you, you touched on it briefly earlier you know when everyone was was locked in and and at home and and you know working from home and all that sort of stuff like, there was an opportunity for everyone to sort of step up and be to take to take action or whatever. And for me personally, that was when COVID hit, that was, um, uh, life-changing for me because I, I had been self-employed, you know, doing the coaching thing, not in the sales aspect of things, but for a little while then on my side. And then as soon as that happened, people had been following me and watching me and seeing the Instagram and seeing this and seeing that. And they knew me from my, my traveling sales days and all that sort of stuff. They're asking me, how are you doing it? Everyone's shut down and you appear to be thriving. And so, and what happened was my business went through the roof during COVID because that's exactly what happened. People started stepping up and asking those questions, and I was really excited yep. for that. I was really excited to be able to help these people to really get to where they wanted to go, to change the things that they needed to change about themselves, and to show them to how to actuate things and how to take an idea and make it an internet thing. Um, so, 2023, I 100% agree with you, on. I think that I think that we're rolling into something huge. And I also believe that you know we're going to see the death of fiat currency, and we're going to see you know uh, the illusion of all. Um, well, basically right now, money in and of itself is a uh, a fear-driven tactic that is, is being played out. And so now we're going to see new fear-driven tactics to control the masses and the minds. And it's not really a bad thing because every single opportunity to overcome starts with an obstacle. Ryan Holiday, the obstacle is the way. So, I mean, you, you know, when all this stuff is that the shit that we don't like, you know, when we're forced to fix the shit that we don't like that's growth that's growth pattern that's how life changes and to me that that's amazing and I'm very excited for 2023 I'm very excited to see what they do I'm very excited for the chaos as I keep hashtagging on Facebook clown world everything um, this world's absurd and it's not even it's not even hiding that it's absurd from anyone right 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 Ten, uh, three yep. years ago I was Looney Tunes for half the shit that I was saying now I'm just I just put my hands up I just share memes now now I'm just like look look what about this clown world comment joke? I don't even care. My, my focus is on how can I become a better version of me in this? And that boils down to I love it. better, better mindset, better brain, better health, uh, better physicality, uh, less poisons in my body, drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's, it's now, uh, was it November 4th, uh, 2017? I quit all of that. So I'm on five, five years, six years. I don't even know anymore. Like I, I never even, set an anniversary date on it. I don't bring it up on Facebook. I don't talk about it, but I've rolled through five or six years of total sobriety only to find now at 42 that I'm happier now than I've ever been in my entire life. And it all stems from that mm, one, that one, it. that one saying, you know, like nobody ever quit drinking and said my life went to shit after I, after I quit drinking. And I don't even yeah, state, I love it. I don't even state that I'm sober now because sober implies I was an addict. I was a drunk. I was this, I was that. I'm not sober because sober is just another thing to cling to. I'm just a dude consuming and working towards better health, better cognitive health, better physical health. I can't wait till I'm strong enough to flip over a Buick. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Yeah. I love it, man. Amen to all of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's going to be a good time. Um, And, and, and as for you, I mean, you know, we're going to have you back on the show uh, next year. Maybe one day I'll, I'll be a guest on your show. Maybe. (laughs)
2: Well, it's nothing personal. I don't have guests on my show.
1: Did you stop doing that? So
2: I, I, I very rarely do it. You know, I don't think, I just don't because I might, if I do moving forward, I'll have you on, put it that way. Well, that's but what I like to I hear. don't. That's all you can ask. I don't. I mean, I did 300 shows this past year. I interview, I think, my high ticket clients because that's part of the coaching package. to interview right. them on my podcast. But other than that, I don't think so, man. I don't think I had one interview this past year was 300 shows.
1: Another problem too is if you do have me on the show, I will no longer have anything to complain about, and that's kind of taking something. from true you. Too. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, that so would kind of rob me of that blessing. Uh, yeah, right. I don't want to do that. You know, and, and far be it from you. So I mean, next year when you're on this show, I'll be able to complain again that I've not been on your show. So, and and I think I prefer that. Oh, you know? all right, yeah, let's keep it that way. Yeah, let's keep it that way. <laughs> but let's if you keep do keep have anything way. interesting, and you do want a panel of people, because a panel show, a Sam Crowley panel show, would be fun
2: wouldn't that, that might be a good Zoom call just, just for the hell of it.
1: Damn straight. All right, my friend. Well, is there anything that you wanted to add? I mean, do your drop now and send people to where they want to go because I can, I couldn't encourage my audience to work with a better man than you. Um, where's everyone no, I
2: appreciate it, dude. It's always fun. Always fun to get together. Uh, look, it, yes, I run a mastermind group. I teach people how to launch their million-dollar message through the Power Podcast. If that makes your socks go up and down and you want to have a conversation about launching your message, just go to launchmymovement.com. That's it. The big
1: plug perfect i love it fantastic um and i guess that's it for you for me for everybody here and for the year 2022 that's a wrap ladies and gentlemen
0: we really hope you enjoyed this episode of the mental mastery alliance podcast stay connected with us directly through the mental masteryalliance.com you can also join the discussion on instagram at instagram.com forward slash the mental mastery alliance let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag TMMA or tagging us at the mental mastery alliance to have your voice heard on the show leave a voicemail or send a text to 647 338 1265. Long distance charges may apply. If you love us, leave us a review. If you hate us, you spend your time in weird ways, but also leave a review. Every review on iTunes tickles the algorithm, helping us grow. Until next time, unity over division. This concludes the most surreal portion of your
3: day. You got it, Pontiac.